Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. I am Lars. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear a Eurovision song? Welcome to The Good, The Bad, The Watchable, a movie podcast hosted by Nick Rojas, Mark DeSisto, and Nick Boyle, where we talk movie news, movies, miniseries, and more. Guys, we're hitting July. We're hitting peak summer. Are we watching anything, or are we spending a lot of time outside? Um, unfortunately, I spent a lot of time outside. <laughs> you outdoors I... cat. I did not watch many movies these past two weeks, um, and I worked on my tan. I am bronze. You are. I can I can vouch for it. I know this is a audio co- uh, audio podcast, but Mark is olive right now. Boyle, you got some color too. Boyle, you been outside? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of golf actually. Uh, I just I was played say, golf. I with... saw that. I yeah, played a lot. Dude, I played jealous. with the grandparents today. I like. I recently found a golf course near me that has a wicked deal. Like I can pay twenty nine bucks um, for a full eighteen and a cart. So I've done that a couple times now because that's pretty cheap. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I kind of actually had a mix. I watched a lot, and when I did watch a lot, I watched them usually at like night. But like, basically played hard during the day, and then like basically went inside at night and watched movies or shows or whatever. So no, I've actually, I was actually on my game this week. So what about you, Ross? You know, I spent a lot of time, like Mark said, outside. We're at the beach last Friday, Mark and I, we were, we did 4th of July, although we were two ships passing in the night boil, uh, everywhere we went, spent just a lot of time outside. And when I did try to spend time inside, I was so gassed from being outside all day that things slipped through the cracks. I'm over the weekend, I think I, I the most stuff I completed was two episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. But, uh, you know, I did watch a few movies. And we did we did have movie news. Have you guys watched Unsolved Mysteries yet? Uh, I was a big fan of the uh, original series back when we were children. Yes. With that one guy in the overcoat. Who Robert Stack. The, uh, yeah, it would just scare the tar out of us. Like, <laughs> I don't know what... He had that certain voice that I won't even attempt to mimic just oh, because he was so yeah. good. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, tonight, Unsolved Mysteries. And yeah. then just, like, if you have any information, please call us. I'm like, ah. Like, the worst part about it was we're the age we were, right? So we're young. Two, his voice, terrifying. Three, everything was so dark. Four, the music was creepy. I don't care what age you are. And then Number five, five the trench coat. The trench coat. You're saying trench coat. He was wearing a trench coat all the time. It was I, menacing. I can't wear a trench coat to this day for that reason. But then the last reason is each one ends with, yeah, so that's not solved. And you're like, what? Excuse me, what? (laughs) Oh, that's right. I forgot the name of the title of the The show. show. Yeah, like, so you mean this bad guy is still out there? Uh, Yeah, so uh, I've watched the first two episodes. It just, they're good. They're good that they're they're just focusing solely on one case per episode. It's not like one of those drawn-out Netflix shows. But, uh, they do still give you a little bit of that sense of like something creepy is going on, but not in like the spine tingling, at least through the first two episodes. But uh, yeah, so uh, you know, check it out. But uh, we have some movie news and some sad movie news. Mark is going to lead us on the first topic here. Ennio Marconi, is that how I say his name? Ennio Marconi. I hope I said that right. Who knows? Yes, passed away. Um, he uh, R.I.P. to a, a great Italian. Uh, within cinema, uh, his his reign of triumph stretching from as early as 1964 all the way up to uh, movies as recently as The Hateful Eight. I mean, he he was behind um, some of the most famous scores of all time: um, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, uh, from which our our name was was based. Um, Once Upon a Time. Um, in America, that's a, a famous movie from 1984. Um, the Untouchables, The Thing, uh, 
just so so many classic scores uh you know some of my favorite uh movie scores ever um uh, especially the fistful of the dollars trilogy i mean he was just untouchable doing uh throughout those three uh so rip to a great italian uh one of my favorites if you if you're like me and you really enjoy the scores from movies like the uh, let's say more more recently like the avengers i even downloaded a couple of those songs big epic classic uh, orchestral songs um he's behind some of some of the the best i've ever heard so rip to him well said mark and i think anybody who's watched movies has either heard something that he's done or has definitely felt his impact because he definitely influenced a lot of what we hear in music uh in movies since then so i uh, wanted to start off the show with that rest in peace and again like mark said uh, it it does tie into our podcast title so just wanted to mention that as well so this past friday we might have missed it because we've spent so much time outside and for those of you who live outside the state of rhode island maybe you want a little update on what's going on here in the small state the ocean state movie theaters open in rhode island showcase warwick and quaker lane has opened up $5 movie tickets. You have movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, Harry Potter movies, Mission Impossible movies, etc. A few movies that have maybe just came out right before the pandemic hit. Guys, how how close are we feeling to being comfortable and to go in to go inside a movie theater? Um, I think if it was the bigger movies, I probably would do it. But I honestly really want to go to – I think at this point I'm not ready for it though in the same breath. Um, but if you told me like next week the new Bond movie was coming out, I'd be like, yeah, I'll risk it. <laughs> like I, I'm pathetic. But, uh, you know, I really want to go do a drive-in theater. That was kind of one of the things I want to plan tonight to do with every, with us, um, all of us, and hopefully get everyone there. But um, Because I would rather put my money into something like that rather than going to a closed showcase cinema. Uh, I'm, to differ from, from our man Boyle, uh, I, I'm actually very interested in going. I'd go, I'd listen to the uh, the health experts. If I mask up and I keep my distance from strangers, uh, I don't see a problem with, with me going. Uh, and I really want to see some of my all-time favorite movies on the big screen that, uh, that I wouldn't have the uh, the opportunity to see otherwise. Like Jurassic Park really has me intrigued because i didn't get to see that in theaters obviously we're young so if i got to see it in theaters i'd be all over it i just found a a thing on showcase cinemas see now mark i guess i'm gonna go right back on what i was saying you could see in well this is springdale which is near us but they're doing the dark knight and the dark knight rises in imax (laughs) for five bucks for five dollars, for right, five dollars, so if, if you're like me, I went to see uh, the Dark Knight in the IMAX three times in high school. That's right, I'm three times. Very jealous. I love that movie. It's in my top four of all time. It's one of my favorite. Would I see it again in IMAX? You're absolutely right. I would. They, and I would see it right now. They put the little piece of cheese underneath the box for you, Mark, and they're like, "Come on, come on, it's just a little piece yep. of cheese." And you're like, "I'm eating this cheese. I don't care if I get trapped." I will eat it. I will eat that cheese. And showcase like you're in the theater now. (laughs) You gotta stay here. You gotta quarantine here for two weeks. I I got quarantined in the theater. No. I I got my own TV series. (laughs) (laughs) This man is just a day. He solely has survived on (laughs) trolley sour worms. I was gonna say I'm I'm just surviving on a diet of uh, theater popcorn and bunch of crunch. Oh my gosh. Actually, you know that that you know people might say that's bad for you. I disagree. Well, all right, Boyle. So and and Mark, I for me it comes down to the popcorn. If we're being quite honest, I, I'm I'm craving movie theater popcorn like you wouldn't believe right now. Like I just love the feeling of getting super dehydrated, not drinking any soda or water, and just eating a bucket of popcorn until like every part of my body dries out while watching See, but a movie. You, uh, yeah, I I I understand that feel. <laughs> yeah, like I uh, now, I really want to do the drive-in, and I really think we will. Like I, you know, we don't. We're not the kind of guys that are just talk about it and then not be about it. I'm looking at the rustic drive-in this weekend, which we're all I'm not around for. And I know we have other plans, um, but this lineup is stellar. You have Inside Out followed by the 1971 Willy Wonka. Uh, yep, you have The Conjuring and The Conjuring Two on one screen. Uh, yeah, we wow. And yeah. then on the third screen, you have Jaws followed by The Goonies. Oh, 
Are you that's serious? The one. <laughs> God, I that don't is, know which. Yeah. Pick pick a bad movie there. Like I honestly, I guess, you can't. Like either way, awesome. oh, it's well, incredible. Well, I'll be honest. I might go do that. I might try to figure out a time and do this. It's uh, yeah. Uh, the only thing though, the weather forecast for this weekend: thunderstorms. How but does it, thunderstorms affect a driving movie? If at all, uh, like, would rain stop them from playing it on their screens? That's a great question. Rain, no. Weatherproof. I read a thing that actual rain is actually better for the screens because depending on the scene, it actually the way the water like reflects on the screen. I just read this the other day, actually. And but this um, could be the perfect thunder, opportunity to but go. But thunderstorms, I agree with you. I don't know about that. Yeah, because I'm seeing a lot of lightning, so I'm thinking if there's random flashes like around the screen. Yeah. So, I mean, that could probably make The Conjuring better, but, like, I don't know about the other movies. Oh, I do want to see those movies on big screens again. Like, I've seen Jaws. That's I've been mean. lucky enough to see Jaws in theaters. I saw it in theaters about two or three summers like ago. Like, The Empire Strikes Back, I saw, was being rumored to be, be shown, like, uh, on all theaters. That I was, would go in a That second. was last I'd, week. Yeah, but won't it still be... They'll still show it. If they're yeah, showing yeah. it, I'd go to that because... It's one of my favorite. Again, another one of my favorites of all time, and I never got to see the theaters because I didn't exist. Uh, fair. My dad took me to the re-releases, and I can't remember which ones I saw. I might have saw Empire Strike Back, Strikes Back in 1997. I think I did. I do remember wow. going to see them at the Showcase North Attleboro back when that one did not have that. Back when that one had like the sloped auditorium seating and not yes. the reclining seats that they have now. I'm going to the showcase website right now. I just did. <laughs> it's got the hunt, the way back, Jumanji, Invisible Man, Wonder. Excuse me, Wonder Woman. What? All right, wait a minute. This website's not. Complete. Mark, what? Ready for this? The Menden Drive-In, which is up near me, like a little bit n- more north. The original Wonder but Woman. That's right. Over the weekend, they're showing Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, followed by Black Panther. Are you serious? And then the other screen is doing Grease and Dirty Dancing. Okay, so what I would do, I saw Black Panther in theaters, so I'm I'm good there. What I would do is I'd go Empire Strikes Back, because I haven't seen that in theaters, but I could really get behind some Dirty Dancing. I've never seen it before. I could could get behind that too. Uh, Guys, yeah, I think we're... I, I think so I'm basically so, uh, we answered your question. Uh, yes, no, it. you did. I'm somewhere between Boyle and Mark. Like some of these movies that are awesome that they're re-releasing in theaters, yeah. I've either seen in theaters or seen in theaters recently enough, like with like a Jaws or something like that, where I'm not completely sold. But if the right throwback movie is in theaters, I think I'd go. But Rhode Island needs to keep. Rhode Island, for the again, those don't know, and Mark can speak better to this because he's he's right close to the news like this every day. We're our curve is pretty flat. We've been steadily decreasing cases. We're that- we're pretty good. I'll I'll speak on that uh, with my line of work. I, I kind of keep up with this uh, with this news pretty often. Um, we're we're pretty good. The only thing if you. It like depends on which data you look at, um, but in terms of like population density and, and all that good stuff, uh, we're pretty good. Yeah. Um, but that also doesn't mean like you can do whatever you want. Right. So we, I mean, you still want to be careful. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to tell people like, oh yeah, Rhode Island's good, go nuts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like free for all. But yeah, you know, it's... just listen, listen to the experts. That's what I'm gonna do. If, you know, if they tell me this is a the safest way, like they're not saying that going to see movies is safe. But, like, the safest way you want to go, if you're comfortable enough to go, just do all this stuff. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, I, I plan on doing a drive-in before I do a theater. But I, the horizon with me going to a theater is much closer than I would have thought it would be at this time. So, But, yeah, so that's it for the news. I mean, <laughs> do you guys – Mark and Boyle, quick thoughts. 15 seconds. Surprise thing I'm throwing at you guys. Zachary Levi is Kurt Warner in that movie. I, I like the casting. Good, Zach good. Levi is tall. I like the casting. Similar face. I'm in. Yep, same. I'm totally like I saw it and I was like approval. I have yeah, a feeling as long about, as they don't try to make Kurt Warner look like a you know a jacked up Greek god because like yeah. you know he's, he's not like I mean obviously he's a professional athlete he was in in very good shape but it's a great um, story. I could feel this going yeah. like in a kind of like melodramatic, not great direction. 
Really? Yeah. I don't know. He went from like uh, you know like a grocery bagger he to a Super Bowl champion. It's a great on story. The greatest playing, show on turf. He was playing arena football, right? Yeah. 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 See, I think I think that's a good story to to get behind. Going from grocery bag to Hall of Fame quarterback, I say, why not? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's good casting though. We like Zachary Levi. We but where, still... like, where would you end it? Like, would you end it with him winning the Super Bowl with, with the with the Rams? Would you like drag it all the way out? Like, would you say like he's washed up? Like, have him go like up to the mountain, back down to getting cut by the Giants, back up to going to the uh, Super Bowl I, with the Cardinals. I think it ends. Or would with... you just end it with the Super Bowl? Ends the Super I Bowl. Think... Text on screen, Boyle, like that says he went back to Super Bowl. Two more times, and you know had a good career. The yeah. I was, or is it I one would, of those where they start with his Hall of Fame speech and then like it goes back and it's like a whole like you know past ten stories telling right sort of deal. So many options. Yeah. Boyle, any more final I was, thoughts? <laughs> I was just gonna say I really thought that they basically had mentioned that it was gonna definitely include the Super Bowls, but I thought like that was the only thing. Like I thought. It was specifically to the Super Bowls, so but I could be wrong with that. Maybe I, I just made that up. No, I don't know. We don't know. It hasn't been made yet. I haven't even seen the script. So let's get into it, though, guys. The main okay. main reason why we're all here. Movie came out on Netflix, and uh, uh, guys, these Netflix movies, like uh, outside of the Five Bloods, like I can't remember. The last really good one, I don't know. Pretty bad movies. Exaction. We're, pretty, we're, pretty bad movies. We'll, we'll get to that. So Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, a 2020 Ooh. film, in quotes, directed by David Dopkin, starring Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, and Dan Stevens. The plot line is when an aspiring musicians Lars and Sigrid are given the opportunity to represent their country of Iceland at the world's biggest song competition, they finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. Uh, again, this director, David Dobkin, also directed Shanghai Nights, Wedding Crashers, Fred Claus, and The Change Up. It's currently sitting at 6.6 on IMDb and 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's start with Boyle. What did we think of this movie, Boyle? I thought that our friends over at Dual Redundancy, which shout out to them, they have the 300th episode recording tonight as well. Um, they Kyle Bridger on the show said exactly my thoughts, which is I'm probably going to agree on mostly everything you two say. However, I didn't think this movie was good, but I thought it was enjoyable. Like it was like just I don't even know if that's like a right word. Like I just like I had its laughs, but it definitely is forgettable. But I don't like it's just Will Ferrell being his like dumb accent and just it, it is stupid it's not anything good but it's like i didn't hate it at the time watching it the way that i i know it's coming like i just like sat that was like all right like now mind you i also watched this movie three times because the first two times watching it i fell asleep so i'd watch 20 minutes i fell asleep then i woke up another day i watched 20 minutes from there and then the third time I like finished the movie, but I like couldn't get through this movie. So, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, all right, I watched it. I'm moving on. And that's that. And I mean, the, I will say I did have one scene I did enjoy. And that was actually in classic me. You know, you guys know I like the glee and the musicals and all that stuff. And to me, like when they all broke out in random song, like pitch perfect style, I like thoroughly enjoyed that scene. I was, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I know how stupid it was, but I actually enjoyed that. So, that's my thoughts on it. Tear it apart, gentlemen. Right, oh, boo, thank you. It I'll give my score at the end. It stinks. I want my time back. It wasted my time. I hated it. I got about two-thirds of the way through, and I said, you know what? I'm. This isn't worth my time, even for the podcast. Even, I'm not watching this for anybody else. I think my comments to you guys in the group chat was... Uh, next time I feel the need to punish myself for like repent for my sins or whatever, I'll finish that movie. That's what I'll do. It was so bad. It has zero redeeming qualities. It's not funny. It's not anything. It just, it's a big waste of time. Like, uh, I'm only, this is the biggest emotional reaction I got out of that movie is just talking about it with you guys. Because while I'm watching it, it was, I was like, this is a big, 
nothing. It's not even so bad where I was like the wrong Missy, where I was like, wow, this is like terrible. Then I'm like kind of laughing about it. Nothing. Like I, no laugh, no reaction. I wasn't even like, oh, this is so bad. Like I can laugh about it with my guys. No, I'm angry. Write it down. I'm pissed about this movie. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I hated it. I gave it a half star out of five just because I didn't want to give it zero stars. Because, I mean, they made it. They put something together. But this is just a steaming pile of garbage. Uh, <laughs> I hated it. I hate this movie. Mark, I'm going to pick up what you were kind of putting down there with the whole, like, and again, we keep bringing up the wrong Missy, but that whole notion of, like, it wasn't even, like, so bad that you can, like, oh, man, I'm offended by how bad this was. One of the biggest criticisms that Austin and I had was that this movie lacked any genre that I just ended up watching stuff move on my screen for two hours, two, and you're like, what What genre did I just watch? Did I, I watch? Uh, you had no idea what they're going for. What was, it was ridiculous. Didn't go absurd enough that it's like absurd as comedy. It didn't go musical enough that it's like a musical acapella thing. Now, aside from that middle song thing, I don't recognize any of the songs. I think they're all original songs. Uh, I, I wouldn't take the time to, to look it up. Right. So it's not like, so like I'm hearing I different guess, arrangements of songs I like. Yeah, the, the thing is, too, that I think it was like a strictly European uh, strong uh, song list. Because yes. Um, yes. they were talking, like I was reading a lot of reviews because I was like, there's no way. I had to see what other people were saying. I was like, I can't be the only one who, who thought this. But... Um, like going through, I think they said they were like, "This movie's the reason they don't allow Americans in Eurofest." Like, uh, different, yeah. It's just we, it's we, awful. We just, <laughs> oh gosh, you want to talk about like leaving all of us with like what a bad impression of what a Eurovision Song Contest is? Like, yeah, like yeah. So I wrote my review on this. Was like, uh, yeah. boy, I'm glad you brought up uh, Pitch Perfect because Pitch Perfect is one of. Um, is one of the more enjoyable movies, in my opinion. Like, I love those movies. I like uh, all the ones that I've watched. Was there three? I've seen three of them. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and they're they're all. I think the first two are really good. The third one. The last one. The last one was bad. I I didn't think it was like that awful. But like, if that was the direction they were trying to go in with this, but make it Europe, uh, wow! They there was a, a miscarriage of justice. Is what it was. It's, That's uh, kind of the uh, way I took it. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know. It's terrible. So I, I kind of mentioned this on, on Letterboxd. Two of my things that really stuck out, um, the besides the well the genre thing, for starters. Just, again, I'm, I'm left genreless. I'm like a floating amoeba with no shape. The second thing is each scene felt like they could have yelled cut, like 50% of the way through each scene, and they just they kept going. And I was like, well, this scene is either – nor funny, nor like interesting. So but why do we how, keep? That's how he films it. You know what I mean? Like they've. There's many people who've worked with Will Ferrell before that says like that's better people they, like Adam they, McKay. Yeah, they will literally just be like, "Don't cut, let him finish." I know, but as an editor, you need to go. This scene didn't need to keep going on. This scene, like, ed, like, s- there's too many yes men involved in this thing who are like, just leave it in, just leave it in. It's Will. Leave it in, you know, like, you know, he'll, he'll want to... Uh, that's this. an interesting point. I'd like to, to say what you think on... Uh, is Will Ferrell losing his, yes. his uh, like, lasting I'm, power? With I'm ready this. to have that conversation. So, um, like, Adam Sandler has gone too far, but he amassed so much power that, like, no one could stop him. That he was just like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Is Will Ferrell him, creeping yeah. in... Is Will Ferrell creeping into this territory by just making so many... Uh, recently, like just awful movies that just don't resonate well anymore, and now we we have to look fondly on movies of the past, right. like much like we do with Sandler. It's the tough thing is, is like, yo, Eurovision is a real thing. Yes, yes, that's why. Yes, uh, we were I, just saying that. Yes. Yeah, that's why they're saying it's a. Um, maybe I should have been more specific when I was saying that. That's why they don't allow uh, Americans in Eurovision. It's like strictly. Uh, regional there but i guess any i think our our friends overseas took umbrage with this movie uh (laughs) with uh, sort of an american twist on how uh, they probably think that this is what the americans think of their eurovision song contest it's uh if you look at will ferrell's like last i don't know let's just say last five years right 
You go back five years, you're talking Daddy's Home, the first one. Since then, the only movie of his that I enjoyed, and we're well, let's take out Lego Movie here, you know, because I I thought he was good in that. The only movie that I enjoyed, he was good in Lego Movie. Was uh the house. I like that movie. A lot of people hate that movie. I liked I liked the house. I like the house. You have Holmes and Watson, which is awful. Daddy's Home Two, which okay, never seen it. Um, Between Two Ferns, Practical Jokers movie, Downhill. It, like you go back even further. I I never saw Get Hard. I didn't have any interest in, in that. Get Hard. Is I have very Get Hard. Bad. Oh, very what? Bad. I liked Get Hard. See, very I'm a bad. big Will Ferrell guy, so you can I can. You can say anything you want, but I'm still a huge fan. Whether he's got, I think it's similar to Adam Sandler. Like, does he produce some stuff that I'm just like, yikes? But like, I don't know. Like, I knew that going into but this. Recently, it's just been it's been like all bad. But I agree yeah. with you. Like, I feel like recently I've been going in being like, yikes, this might be a bad movie. But I love Will Ferrell. If that makes sense. I, I just, honestly, my desire to laugh at something will will like overcome my liking of the actor if you go back yeah. if you want to talk about a turning point mark and i don't know if this is a turning point for you i think i was gonna say um, uh, um me padre when that came out and i was like i'm not laughing that much but it's funny because it's will ferrell like speaking spanish i think that should have been our clue like you know what maybe not everything he does is just automatically funny. yeah i didn't watch casa me padre but i did watch the campaign okay i saw that in- i love so the campaign well no oh, um no uh, I tr- I've tried to like the campaign. I oh my really god, it's have. hilarious! No, it isn't. No, yes, it is. Stop! <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> I, um, yeah. no, I think Boyle, you're like the only one. Uh, you and my uh, AJ, my college roommate Matt like, Sean, dude. AJ, me, Matt, Sean. We literally all watched it recently, and we're uh, cracking up. No, dude, it's, uh, <laughs> it's same thing with Zach Galifianakis. After the other guys, like the other guys, that came out in 2000, uh, 2010, according to the list I'm looking at. After that, like Mega Mind was okay. I didn't mind it. Um, the campaign, boo. Anchorman Two was wasn't as bad as right. people make it out to be. I think, but still not great. The Lego Movie we're not counting as a Will Ferrell movie, which is fine. But Get Hard, boo. Daddy's Home, boo. Zoolander Two, Daddy's Home Two. Ugh. Lego Movie Two I saw in theaters. That stunk. I hated it. And then I, it's just, it's not good. And then Eurovision Song Contest has me throwing my hands up. Like, this is it. I'm good. I think now I, I'm officially uh, putting the, the the Sandler stamp on him right in his forehead where I'm saying, I'm not going to trust the movies you make now. Now I, I don't know what you're going to give us. That's completely fair. It has to be straight up the next Will Ferrell movie that I will feel like obligated to see will have to have Adam McKay as an active member of making the movie he's listed as a producer on this movie you could tell like adam mckay just did not have any kind of direct impact on this movie at all i, I hate to say it because i i liked will ferrell a lot but just you just rattled off all those movies and even when get hard came out i was kind of like i don't really feel like i need to see this movie and that was coming off the heels of anchorman 2 the year before i think and i was just or yeah the year before and I was just like, I don't feel like I need to see Will Ferrell movies anymore. It, now, so I have other things I wanted to say about this movie, Eurovision Song Contest. One, the only things I liked in the movie were I thought the costumes were fun. And I thought the um, musical numbers, even the original songs, I liked. I liked the arrangement. Like, it was fun to listen to music. I did like that. Those are the only positive things I wanted to say. Guys, is there a world where this is a good movie? Boyle, is there a world where this is like an actually good movie? Like a Blades of Glory? No. I mean, you would have had to have a stacked cast and a different writing style, I think, altogether. Like, so I just read up I on this. the cast was decently stacked. Him, him and, I mean, I don't know, not really. It was, what, him and Rachel McAdams? That's it. <laughs> I know what you're saying, Boyle, yeah, I'm... I'm- yeah, like I think you need some more powerhouses. You needed him to Pierce be like Brosnan? you almost. Like, yeah, but you need him to be Pierce Brosnan changed, Demi Lovato? changed his. Like, dude, they both changed. First of all, Pierce Brosnan changed his like accent fifty times, and he was a terrible. He was a very weird fit to be the father in this. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I just felt like it was a, like a ploy on, he, you know, Will Ferrell sitting in a meeting room and being like, Pierce Brosnan. Like just on the like what? And he's yeah. like, it'll make sense to me. And so I I read into this. Will Ferrell and this other guy, Andrew something, they wrote the the story for this. I'll explain where the story came from. And then 
he's the one who produced it. So Rojas, you were explaining, oh, the editor should have known how to cut this and fix it earlier. You remember how you were saying that? Yeah. Yeah, but if he's producing it, he's going to be like, no, I want the entire clip in there. Leave it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he gets to kind of make that call. It's his movie. So I think, like, that's why we see that extra filmage. But Will Ferrell was actually introduced to Eurovision in 1999 by his Swedish wife, actress Viveka Paulin. Sweden happened to win that year, which then made him interested. In 2018, Will Ferrell actually went to the competition, did some research, and then he started writing it. And then, you know, in 2019, it was time to start making the movie. So, like, it was kind of like, I, I, and this is how I think he thinks. I think it's similar to Adam Sandler. They're like, they take something just super, just random, and they'll be like, we could totally make a movie out of this. Let me go look into this. And then they're like, yep, we can roll with this. I can help you write something quick. And they just kind of go with it. He improvs a lot of things on the spot. So that's how I think these movies go. And maybe he needs to be, you know, maybe more voices need to be in there in the writing scenarios for the for the comedy. Because he is funny, but maybe they need to be doing more. I don't know. Yeah. So. When, do you, when did he start writing it? Because Austin... My brother Austin had some thoughts about this. When did you say you started writing it? Um, it said that he started writing it. I don't know. It just says in May 2018 he like basically went. So I'm guessing right away. Okay. Like in 2018. Because Austin said uh, you really wonder how much time Will Ferrell spent wanting to make this movie versus how much time he spent making it. He said I think the long run time reflects the former but the quality of the script reflects an absence of the latter. Meaning that, he, Mike, like you said, great yeah. idea, and then just kind of like did whatever That's with it. the script. And then he just kind of like wrote a half-assed thing, knew Netflix would buy it, knew people would watch, and he made yeah. money. Because Netflix, you know what I mean? they, they didn't pour it's a lot a of movie into the cast. And Mark, yes. I, I'm going to just push back a little bit. Like you look at the cast of like A Blades of Glory, a movie that would never get made now because of how much money they probably spent to make that movie just on the cast alone. You're talking about a cast that has um, – Will Ferrell, John Heater, whatever, Amy Poehler, Will Arnett. But that was when John Heater was like – Funny. It was like yeah. peak John Heater. Yeah, William Finkner, Craig T. Like... Nelson, Nick Swartz. Yeah, that's a stacked like, that's that's a a stack. stack cast. Yeah, like – and, you know, I get uh, it. Amy Poehler and then what's his name? Uh, Will Arnett. Will Arnett was it and he was so funny. In so it. funny. <laughs> you guys, the editor of this movie, uh, his name is Greg Hayden. He's edited – his movies that he's known for for editing are oh, – oh, he was an additional editor for the movie Blades of Glory. Funny how we mentioned that. Uh, but he was an editor for Tropic Thunder, Zoolander 2, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and Goldmember. Hmm. Yeah, like, like that, those are some very funny movies. And then like this is what we get. Like come on, guys. Come on. You got to tighten up these movies, man. Just Get it together. It. So – yeah, I I think we're all yeah we're all in agreement. It's a bad movie, and uh, I don't think there was a possibility that this would have been any good. Yeah, so, so I gave this Rojas. Oh, I yeah. gave this Stars. a a three out of ten on the Fisher scale, or a what was what's that a one and a half stars? Yeah, I gave it a three out of ten on the Fisher scale as well. Shout out to Dan okay. Fisher. I was texting him this past week. Uh, yeah, uh, if we convert mine to a ten, uh, that it would be one out of ten. I gave it a one. But on the uh, swole scale, it's a half star. Yeah, the swole like scale, we're, yeah, we're, we're doing – it's not looking good for it. Uh, All right. Let's move along now to yeah. a movie that Boyle and I just finished. Did you just finish it today? I literally finished it right before this. Oh, same here. All right, let's talk about it. The Bodyguard, 1992 movie directed by Mick Jackson. <laughs> I want to say Mick Jacker, but it's Mick Jackson. Written by Lawrence Kasdan, who's wrote a lot of great movies. Starring Kevin Costner and Winnie Houston. Byline is a former secret ser- a plotline, sorry, a former secret service agent takes on the job of bodyguard to an R&B singer whose lifestyle is most unlike a president's. Nominated for two Oscars for original song and best music, boy, what'd you think about this movie? I didn't like it. Yeah, I truthfully did didn't not like, like this. I don't yeah. give me didn't like the Hold on. I loved the music. I've loved the music since before I I knew about the movie, and I know that's where the music comes from. And the power behind the music, but at the same point, I just – I couldn't commit myself to care. There was nothing about Kevin Costner that made me want to like him or want to be for him. And then just the ending, I was like, all right, like thank God this movie's over. Like I'll be honest. I don't ever need to revisit that movie. I was like 
okay, I was in here, I watched it, and I'm out. And I think Whitney Houston looked beautiful. The music was fantastic. But it just, like, I couldn't invest myself in the actual plot and what was going on with the movie and Kevin Costner as a lead. It was just weird for me. So what about you, Ross? Yeah, I'm, I'm, boy, I'm in the same boat as you, to be honest with you. I appreciate the fact that it got Kevin Costner, which is who is a huge star at the time, and Whitney yeah. Houston, huge musical star at the time. Again, like Boyle said, I love Whitney Houston's songs. I mean, she had some jams. She had some great songs. She looked great in the movie. Kevin Costner, yep. did he cut his own hair in this movie? Whatever. Maybe that was a choice. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what they were going for there with that. That's not a knock on the movie. Um, but yeah, just the, things just seem to kind of happen in this movie. And I, like Boyle said, like I just never found myself really caring right. too much. And it just felt like it kept getting more convoluted. Like this isn't just a stalker. This is like a professional person. Like, you know, and uh, to me it was just an average five out of ten movie. And then, and then the twist at the end like of like – how this all happened, I was like, really? Like, at that point, I almost thought that it was tacky. I almost thought the plot started going tacky and crazy. And, like, that once... I will give the movie one prop, though. Yes. That the fight scene, the silent fight scene, and then looks at him and goes, we're not going to talk about this ever again or something yeah. like that. He says, I was like... <laughs> Okay, you just got all the credit you needed for this movie. I will Very I will cool. give it to you. You know what I mean? Like, you just saved yourself. So to branch yeah. off where you guys, since I recommended this to the group uh, at the end of last week's pod, I mean uh, two weeks ago pod, whatever, um, my uh, roommate, who is slightly older, and then one of his friends, kind of that, that generation above us, we'll say, um, they look back on this movie very fondly, mm. right? So it, maybe like uh, if we um, were in our more formative years, like maybe like early teens to late teens watching this, Maybe we'd look at it different because that was a consensus. Right. Uh, but but on my review, on my letterbox review, I said basically the same thing as you guys. Uh, the soundtrack is elite, and then that's where it ends. Like I thought, Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston had like a, an oddly enticing chemistry, but like overall, like it, it wasn't like it wasn't a good movie. Right. I thought the acting was mediocre, but. Um, like and Kevin Costner like got less believable as a bodyguard as the movie went on. I yeah, like, they, I thought they started out strong. Where I was like, okay, like he he seems like strangely badass, and then as it moved on, I was like, no, I was yeah. like, now I don't believe it. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Uh, two things. One, I I can't speak for Boyle, but I don't regret seeing this movie because it's such an important cultural land landmark movie. You know, it's the bodyguard, Costner and Whitney Houston. So I'm happy I saw it. Very happy. Same. Final thing I will say is that, and it just slipped my mind. Oh, the movie that they're watching in the middle of the movie when they go to the movie date. That movie is called The Bodyguard. That is a Kurosawa film called um, Yojimbo. Uh, wow. Yeah. Ooh, is, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, Kurosawa, which uh, is a, a very famous Japanese director who's considered one of the most influential directors of all time. Um, and then stares uh, Toshiro Mifune, which is one of the most well-known Japanese actors of all time. And that movie's called Bodyguard. I was like, oh, that's fun. Fun, fun little fact for you. Uh, so what was everyone's uh, scores for that movie? I gave it a 5 out of 10. Mark, I don't remember what yours was from last week. Uh, I gave it 3.5 stars out of 5. I Wait, you gave it what? 3.5 three three out of 5. 3.5 stars. 3.5 out of 5. Oh, so... 7 out of 10. Seven out of ten. All right. Um, I give it a five point five out of ten on the Fisher scale. Um, so if you know if it came to stars, I'd give it just a solid yeah. two and a half or three. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta I'd sit on it. Like, I'd watch it again. Like, but uh, it's not. It wouldn't be like a go-to. I think like if it's like a rainy day, nothing else is on. I'd watch it again. Yeah. I think I'd go I, like, two stars. I thought it was like corny enough where I'd rewatch it and be like, oh, look at look at this dumb scene. Four and a half. You know? If I walk into a room and someone has it on, I'll sit down again. Well, Mark, let's take it away. You saw a movie that you just watched. When did you finish it, Mark? I finished it this morning, actually. Uh, I woke up a little early and got it done, but I started it uh, yesterday. So I did a thing. Um, I watched Do the Right Thing. I thought with today's um, social climate, um, I've been trying to broaden my my horizons. And uh, this one had favorable reviews, so I gave it a whirl. It's a Spike Lee joint. Um, This is a... About uh, racial tensions 
in Brooklyn. This uh, movie came out in 1989, so I'm going to say it's the same time period. Um, it's a, a uh, predominantly uh, black community in Brooklyn, um, and it's focused around a pizza shop within it. And, uh, you know, uh, as the, the summary on Letterboxd goes, it's, um, you know, on the hottest days of the year, uh, racial tensions come to a, to a rise. Now, uh, a lot of people view this movie um, in a good light. Uh, you know, it's uh, an important message. And I would say, I would go as far to say as it's relevant today. Um, that people would say, you know, even looking back on how long ago this movie came out, uh, that, you know, they're still experiencing a lot of the same problems. Now, my only thing is, uh, as most people who listen to this will, will know, but I, I am a strongly Italian uh, person myself. And uh, Spike Lee sort of framed the Italians in a very, very poor light in this movie. And it kind of really stopped me from trying to, or really grasping um, the message that I'm, I'm sure he was trying to portray. Uh, it, to me, it was, it was pretty pretty difficult for me to try to get behind. Uh, do the right thing, where uh, when me looking back on this, I don't think anybody really did the right thing. I think mo- most people in the movie kind of look bad. Uh, maybe that's part of the message. Maybe it's saying maybe we should do the right thing instead of not doing kind of how things were, were going. Um, but I will say my compliments besides, you know, how, how my people came off looking. The cinematography was great. I thought uh, the camera angles, um, the way that he chose to frame stuff, Rojas, I'll let you talk about that too because I know you, uh, you really liked kind of how he, he chose to, to frame that. But I thought the music choice was great. I thought the, the the filming was great. I thought he did a really good job uh, on picking on nuanced little details. While there were like the overall thing was about racial tension within a neighborhood, um, there were a lot of little details that kind of helped stack it up. Um, it, it was a slow burn, if you will, uh, during a heat wave until the uh, the eventual climax. Yeah. No, that was very well said, Mark. And I'm glad that you, you spoke up and, and said that because, yeah, would this movie – be just as impactful if the restaurant was just a burger joint that of a and people were of a nondescript background you know a just you know this movie kind of digs its heels in the sand on that yeah or or say like an irish bar like that you know those are common in new york as well like right it just so happens that um, it's the yeah (laughs) your background like of course it's a pizzeria and right kind of you know it just it just did not paint my people in a, in a no. good light. And I was yeah. like, wow. Yep. No. And that's one of those things where, yeah, if you're uh, just watching a movie and it's not people that are uh, from your background, you just don't kind of like pick up on those things, which is why having as much representation in movies is important, but also fact, you know, also factoring in, all right, it, am I hurting anybody with this too? Which I always, you know, and like you said, the end of the movie too, and I'll get to the, the technical things in a second. The end of the movie, it ends with, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a Martin Luther King Jr. quote and a Malcolm X quote. And, kind of, and one of like nonviolence and one of action, right? Or, you know, violence. I yes. can't remember. And it's, that's always left me as like, so was this saying that this picked the more Malcolm X route? Was it saying that, it, like, I, I think he's kind of almost saying like, there's two. Did they get more done with with their actions or, or not? I guess. Yeah. Right. With the uh, with the violence or the nonviolence, like which route they they chose to go. Yeah, I guess. I now, was... don't get me wrong. Like uh, like I said before, sorry to cut you off, but it just seemed like right in the beginning they say, you know, you go said always do the right thing, and it just seemed like people repeatedly not doing the right thing, and then it comes to this like big blowout, where I would say the the community was no better. Uh, for the blowout, like, you know, for what they did uh, to the pizza shop. And uh, the movie's old, so spoilers. Like, you know, they end yeah. up they end up burning it down yeah. uh, because there's a big, there's a big blowout. Uh, there is police brutality involved. There is uh, the racial components to it. It's a, I, it's a, it's a strong movie. I'd recommend watching it. I would. But uh, for me, it just um, maybe the overall message wasn't that, that great where I'd rather see something uh, I, I don't. I won't even kind of say like that. Not what I would rather see, but I think the overall message that it puts out was uh, kind of confusing Got, for yes. me at the end. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Right, just to kind of wrap up the uh, technical stuff about it, I really liked how the camera moves in this movie on like tracks and dollies to to go up to characters in a kind of like fast way. This is a very uh, punchy movie, 
with the directing. Like the camera's just moving around constantly, if I remember. And then you have characters looking down on the camera. You got characters looking up to the camera. It's an impressive movie in terms of that sense. But yeah, yeah, it's a very it's a reason why this movie really grabbed a lot of people's attention at the time. The kind of things you said about there's you know no two ways about it. There's no this movie doesn't sit on a fence. This movie kind of takes its side. Um, yeah, thanks for saying that, Mark. I I appreciate it because uh, that's something. When you texted me this morning, I was like, that's something I completely let slip my mind when I watch that movie. Right? Because most, that, like, I mean, the the every review I'm reading is very you know favorable, and uh, especially with the the climate, I was like, you know, I didn't like it. It's a uh, that's what I want to say. It's a good movie, especially from a technical uh, standpoint. Cinematography is good. Even the writing's pretty good. Um, it's just, I thought, uh, I just didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, even though it, you, a movie can be a good movie, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. And I didn't like this one. I gave it two and a half stars out of five. Okay. Thank you, Mark, for sharing. That was again, do the right thing and, uh, check it out. Cause it's on the AFI a hundred list. So if you're a movie completionist, you have no choice. You have to watch it. <laughs> Boyle, Mandate. you have yep. a trilogy review that you're throwing in here. <clears throat> What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to try to just do it real quick. Um, I actually, over the past, uh, since the last time, did the entire Cloverfield trilogy. So, yes. Side bet going, thinking it was going to be Lord of the Rings. I know. (laughs) So, I, you know, and you guys know I want to do the Lord of the Rings, and I mentioned I want to do the Harry Potter one, Um, even the DC movies leading up to Snyder Cut. But um, this was something where. It was like it was on Netflix. It popped up as suggested. I was like, "Oh, I haven't seen this." So I like every single one of the movies. I revisited twice. I had to like stop it for something and then revisit it like later at night or the next morning. But I watched them pretty simultaneously. They're strange movies. They are the what we like to say the watchable. To me, they're not good. They're not bad. They're just the watchable. They're right again. And it's funny because I did this last week too with a review. But like. It's. I enjoyed my time watching it. Um, I'll say right now, the first Cloverfield. It's a first person. Uh, if you don't know, it's a first person like recording from a camcorder, pretty much of them oh, at a found, party. Found footage, I think is the word they yeah. use. Found footage, good point. Found yeah, footage. and basically, um, this it's sci-fi. There's some sort of creature that is here, and blah blah blah, and uh, and yeah, and and the rest I leave there, but. It was pretty good. I mean, I gave that one a six out of ten only because I thought it was pretty still gripping and funny at points, and um, just the way they shot it, I thought they actually did a pretty good job for how cheap I think the movie really was, if I remember correctly. It didn't cost a whole bunch. Um, ten Cloverfield Lane, very weird side trace where there's no monster. It's more of a thriller about this woman who got in an accident and now was told that everything outside is radiation and you shouldn't go outside because you could die and she's locked in this place with John Goodman is like this like weird bad guy and he's like super creepy with like keeping these people down there and the end of it ends up being spoiler alert but like when you see something at the end and you're like really now that's going to get tied in so basically stuff from the first movie does get tied in at the end in a very weird way and you're just like oh my gosh like when the character literally goes Really? And I was like, literally on my couch going, really? Yeah, but again, <laughs> with them, like, oh, come on. Yeah, but at the same point, you're like, all right. And they did it. I still thought they did a good job with it. So um, I gave that one actually a 5.5 out of 10. Taught some cool, like, survival tricks, too, if you're trying to, like, get out of, like, somebody keeping you hostage. Um, and last was the Clover- Cloverfield Paradox, which takes place in space. You basically find out why all of this happens. Um, it has to do with them trying to find a clean source um, of energy that would last forever. Um, and basically, some weird, crazy stuff goes on, a.k.a. Paradox. If you don't know what that means, look it up. That explains everything. Um, it's a time It's a time movie. It's like a time warp. You're in a different paradox. You're in a different universe. And that's it. I mean, they come back from that. I won't explain what happens, who makes it, who doesn't, whatever. And uh, the end basically gets shot back out. So it keeps – this series keeps – and I gave that one um, a 6 out of 10. And again, these are very neutral down the movie. They're watchable. But for some reason, they keep 
they're intriguing enough where you need to know what's going to happen next. Like, I, now I that they tied this that. one in, yeah. I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen? You keep showing me all these side stories of people, like, having weird adventures into this scenario, but now, like, now what? And the last scene of the Paradox movie was just wild. This giant monster's face, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like... If you guys haven't seen them all, I actually suggested just to be uh, like, yeah, we, you we saw, saw the we saw the first one in theaters together, actually, and yeah, uh, we both got carsick yeah. because we were Screen sitting too close to the screen and like to the side. It was not enjoyable. We were not expecting that. I was not a Yo. fan of the found footage era of cinema, just for <laughs> my motion sickness. But Boyle, <laughs> yeah, you just like camera rolling like, everywhere. I was like, I can't do this. This is, put it on this tripod, please. But Boyle, you did the, a very brave thing. Because many people have said that Cloverfield Paradox is awful. I know, but it, honestly, I'll tell you something. It wasn't half bad. I really expected terrible things, and I was like, it's kind of enjoyable. All right. I well, did it. You, you did it. You know what? You spit in the face of good taste. I, pre- I yeah. applaud that. Boy, That's what I do. Uh, now, thank you so much for that. Let's wrap, Time to wrap it up with our quick picks. Get a minute each. Boyle, start us off. You get one minute. Okay. So uh, the first one is In the Tall Grass. Um, I'm not saying definitely suggested. I'm just saying it was a movie on Netflix, a Stephen King book. Uh, 3.5 out of 10 stars. I saw it, but I didn't really know whether to put this now or as an opposite. Skip it. You decide. Um, Hamilton was amazing. Make sure you can watch this movie. Do not do anything else. Just focus on it. It was really well done. Um, I gave this movie a 9.5 out of 10. I mean, I know it's a play that you're just watching, but I mean, brava. Uh, next, uh, this is the end. A classic comedy. We watched this on the 3rd of July, actually. Me and, uh, my, you know, my bros and, and stuff. And uh, it was a nice, relaxing night. We all laughed our butts off. 10 out of 10, as always. That movie is a perfect comedy to me. It never lets down. It's always quotable. The entire room was laughing. Two people had never seen it. They absolutely loved it. And then we ended the night with fireworks boom that's right we saw those oh, fireworks on your, seconds. saw those fireworks job, on your boy. snapchat story boil surprise ending all right mark all right i'll go mine and start the clock i watched devil's advocate because it was like the first movie popping up on my netflix and i was like all right i'll give this a whirl um this is keanu reeves's con air he's got a southern accent <laughs> i was like sure i'll do this um, Al Pacino uh, plays like a big wig lawyer in New York. Um, if you're a fan of both those actors, then I'd say watch it. But other than that, like you really don't have to. But I found it pretty amusing. Um, next, I rewatched Godzilla King of the Monsters again. Um, it's on HBO Max. Watch that movie. It rules. <laughs> Godzilla's in it. Uh, and then I actually have a TV series because I haven't watched that many movies. Uh, Money Heist, Spanish uh, TV series. It's intense. It's great. Uh, I watch it with the subtitles. Uh, no English dub for me. I watch in the the original language. Um, very good. I, if you're looking for a TV series, I, I'd recommend that, definitely. There we go. Mark does it again. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So... Start the clock for me and go. So I saw Valkyrie last week with Austin. Tom Cruise, World War II movie. Look, a lot of people complain that some people are have an English accent. Some people have an American accent. That part didn't really bother me. What bothered me was feels like just kind of things happen and like tension was kind of built but not really in like a next level kind of way. Just kind of like in a very average – action movie kind of way it's neither here nor there but you know what if you are a tom cruise completionist i would check it out i liked it next i saw an afi 100 movie silence of the lambs starring jodie foster and anthony hopkins just tremendous stuff i what a fantastic movie um gosh anthony hopkins is just so creepy in that movie it's just unbelievable it, he is so, so good, good. And he's barely really in the movie, so but he, he's so good but the rest of the movie is pretty cool they do some things that it's kind of like it's just kind of like quirky, a little bit clunky storytelling, but I thought it was very good, and I think people will like it. So there you go. Those are my picks, my nice. quick picks. So now we have the opposite. What movies are you telling people to stick away from? Boyle, start us off. 
So, um, I actually am switching one of mine. I put in the tall grass maybe here. Like I said before, it's kind of a really weird down the line sort of movie. Um, where some people might enjoy it, some people might hate it, so that's there. Um, and then my other one um, to skip is Stuber. Finally got to Stuber with Batista and uh, Kumail, and I wasn't a huge fan. And I know your dad liked it, Rojas, but like, I, I just didn't get the laughs. Like, I, I got a chuckle here or there, but I was like, all right, I never need to see this again either. Um, and I give that one a 4 out of 10, just because I think it's you can enjoy it. It's watchable, but it's nothing superb um i will take my last couple seconds to revisit hamilton um just to explain one thing rojas do you remember when we um we all just recently actually i guess mark you too we watched that movie um blind spotting right yes, yes. okay um blind spotting who's the actor who who's the lead what's his name david diggs yes he's in hamilton yes and that's he does it. that's where he got his uh Start. Oh my gosh, he is incredible. But anyways, that's well, it. Pop Don't. cultural star. Yeah, David Diggs right. in it, Anthony Ramos. Like it's it's a the great cast time. is huge and incredible. Yeah. But yeah. whatever. I gotta take the time to watch that. But pivoting, guess what time you don't need to carve out to watch? What's my that? Take a leak of the week. Yes. Is Lolita. This movie is not good. Um, it it was controversial at the time. It came out in 1962. It is on HBO Max. I saw some buzz about this, and I thought, you know what? This seems like a classic give it a world uh the subject matter and the basis for the film is highly controversial um but i thought the acting was was boring and uh and subpar at best just a very uninspiring performance by the cast as a whole um i wasn't entertained and it's like two and a half hours um i don't see what the hype is like with with a lot of people that have, have seen this and they're mostly favorable reviews let me tell you Skip it. It's weird. It's weird. It's like about an an older gentleman uh, being creepily infatuated with a teenage girl. I did not like this. I would skip the the heck out of it. Yeah. Boyle, thank you so much for uh, slapping stuff down on the uh, stove there during Mark's rant. Appreciate it. <laughs> Was it that loud? Yes. Yes. So <laughs> good. What did I put down? I only put down my laptop. It sounded like you slammed something down onto the table. Hi, Bodie. All right, I I'm just gonna... added a, a movie to my watch list. It's called Stolen, and Nick Cage is in it. Whoa. Looks terrible. Can't wait to watch it. Yes. All in. All right, so for my avoid picks of the week, clock starts now. So 365 days. You probably saw a lot of people talking about it last week or a week and a half ago by the time you listen to this. It is god-awful. Worst movie I've seen of the year by far. It is offensive. It's not good. Uh, by any stretch, it's not enjoyable for one second. It doesn't really seem to make sense, and it does not appeal to me as a movie fan at all. It's just bad movie, and I'm very glad that a lot of people also think it's bad. It's just, it's bad in a way that is offensive. How bad it is, because the message it tries to send in that movie is terrible against women, and I am feel awful that it was made. Second thing, Bloodshot, Vin Diesel, Vinny D's. This movie came out back in like February or March, like right as the pandemic hit. And it is, it's bad. It wasn't completely awful, but I fell asleep during it, which is a bad sign uh, during an action movie. And like, it's one of those movies where it's like, as they were like coming up with the script, they had like a choose your own adventure and they kept picking like kind of like the worst path. Really? Yeah, it was bad. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it was bad. All right, guys. Look, late breaking news. They announced that a Tron legacy sequel is in production. Oh, so I, th- I think we are. I gotta, uh, didn't we? guys. I gotta go. I've got, I've got practice. To oh yeah, Mark, you got practice. So, so I am, I'm skipping out, but uh, I bid you all a farewell, and I look forward to chatting about uh, the DC movies and Lord of the Ring next week. Uh, we don't, you, we don't need my thoughts on Harry Potter. I don't, I don't really like those movies. Mark, all right. Good luck at practice, man. We'll see you. Good luck, buddy. Bye. 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 Boyle, don't you go yes. anywhere. Don't I'm not go. going anywhere. Don't go I'm anywhere. not leaving you. Dude, the only thing I needed to mention was that the Eric Andre special on Netflix is hilarious. Oh, yeah, I, I spent time too. watching that. That was really funny. I watched it as well. I was cracking up. I thought it was yeah. really funny. Very solid 7 out of 10 for me. Like, I was cracking up. Did you ever see Tron Legacy, Boyle? Yes, I did. I actually saw both the Tron movies. And Tron Legacy was interesting. It was just beautiful. Like, And I feel like that's what you need to expect from this. 
it's going to be visually I'm we have to remember we're going back to the movie theaters hopefully soon so by the time this is going to come out you're going to be back in IMAX with incredible picture quality and sound and I think like that's what they're going to get out of this and it's going to make money and it's going to be a Disney production so you know that kids are going to be able to hopefully see this but I think they should go with the bigger rating they should go this is one of the things I think they either have to decide PG or PG-13 so kids can see it or R and then make it like extreme and like they could do some fun things if they went the really R route but I think because it's Disney they're going to go the latter yeah it's they're, yeah, they're probably going to release them under the Disney wing and not Fox, if I had to guess, and it'll be probably more geared towards kids. Look, the only thing I think about when it comes to Tron Legacy is the soundtrack with Daft Punk was amazing. <laughs> I listened to it all the time when I was studying back in yeah. college, freshman year yeah. and sophomore yeah. year, and uh, I think they're supposed to be back on this one as of right now. So, who knows? It didn't really move the needle. Jared Leto... Jared Leto, sorry, was uh, one of the people uh, listed as reportedly being in this movie. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad I, thing. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. So, Boyle, you want to talk about we should do a series rewatch. I just – I feel like I'm excited for the Snyder Cut, but I think it might be too soon. When's Snyder Cut supposed to be released? I think next spring. I, I really don't know. Next year. Oh, something. so we do have time. So – I just like that's going to kind of be like I feel like a back burner. Almost like we have to finish the Bond ones first, I think, before yeah. we can start start a new one. But I think we should finish Bond and then we should move into DC. And maybe in between if I can fit it in, I might rewatch the uh, Harry Potters this summer. I kind of that's kind of something I've been wanting to rewatch from start to be start to end. Um, and I feel like that's an easy thing to I think that's an easy thing to squeeze in, you know. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see those movies. And yeah, might, might as well do a rewatch. I'm still watching all the AFI 100 movies, still watching James Bond movies, so that's what we got to yep. do. But uh, yeah, Boyle, anything else? I think that's it, my friend. Um, I'm looking at my list right now, and <sighs> the Bachelor recap show, skip it. It's too long. Okay, what is it, like three hours? Dude, every single week is a three-hour one. I watched the sh- I loved the Sean season. That's the first one they did. Yep. I'm like five weeks behind now because that's the only one I've watched. <laughs> it's just they're very long. I mean, they're the perfect background thing, but I don't know, man. All right, man. If you say so. You I know. wasn't going to watch them anyway. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, Boyle. Follow the show on Twitter at the GBW pod or at GBW pod on Twitter GB and GBW pod on Instagram as well. Throw us some likes, throw us some follows, and follow Boyle on Twitter at oboyle 92 I'm at Roger36. Mark is at Mark DeSwolsto. And yeah, that's pretty much it. We're going to send it now to two reviews from my parents. They did one on the movie Burning and one on the movie Ready or Not. So take it away, Cookie and Kristen. We'll see you next time, guys. Hi, this is Cookie and Kristen. And we just saw Bernie. On, uh, it's available on Amazon Prime. It's a, a good story about Bernie Teed, and uh, he lived in a small town in Carthage, Texas, and um, stars Jack Black, Matthew McConaughey, Shirley MacLaine. It's definitely a dark comedy, to say the least. Yes, yes. I, I, it was a story told in a very, um, you know, humorous way for on a not so humorous topic yes i mean <laughs> it, you can google the case it's a, it's based on a, on a true story and yeah. uh it is just uh an interesting take i think jack black gets to use all his skills in yes, this one absolutely absolutely you feel like a little school of rock in there um <laughs> even nacho libra <laughs> nacho libra yeah, yeah yeah you know you feel like all of those characters <laughs> in this one guy <laughs> It is just a bizarre story. Definitely worth watching. Uh, I'm going to give it good uh, seven and a half stars. So that would be uh, three and a half on Letterboxd. Uh, seven and a half. You, yeah, okay. Yeah, I did the math real fast in my head. It's, oh, no, no. Uh, yeah. Seven stars, which would be three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, because there is no halves. I was going to say, Boyle. I, I'm prepared to give it a four on Letterboxd. Wow. Really? Um, you, you really liked yeah. it. It was entertaining, and again, you know, 
like they were saying, truth is crazier than fiction in this story. And, you know, I don't know. These people were ready to yeah. canonize this guy. Yeah, you got to watch this. I highly recommend it, guys. Definitely watch it. Um, like I said, it's free on Amazon. I'd like to get your thoughts on it. All right? Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. This is Cookie and... Kristen. And we just saw... Ready or not? Ready or not. It's on uh, HBO if you care to watch. It's a movie that uh, I've seen on the HBO app for a while, and I finally convinced you to watch it. And I want your opinions as we're watching the uh, credits. Well, I'll just say this. I'm still awake. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> what time is it right now? It's 11.19 Central. Yeah, so you're still awake. Yeah, so. so. That tells you something. That she, yeah. Speaks volumes. Yes. Uh, so... <laughs> A weird story. I yeah. think it was a fun original original, original yeah. story uh, about uh, marrying into a family that has peculiar traditions. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it kind of feels like a Happy Death Day a little ish. Hmm. Yeah. But, um, Very dark comedy, yeah. d- dark comedic moments, I yeah. should say. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I thought it was you. Uh, I guess you could say it wasn't as predictable as you might think it no. is. No. So. No. It was uh, fun. It was definitely a fun hour and 36 minutes. Thoroughly enjoyed. Um, she stayed awake the whole time, as did I. I give it, uh, let me see here. Uh, how many kernels? I don't know. I was maybe going to give it three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Seven. So. Yeah, seven on IMDb. Seven. Yeah. yeah. It was good. All right. Bye. <laughs>